there's this book called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. Um, and I just highly recommend you read it. I I said I read, I read it. I actually listened to it. So um, four hours and 22 minutes and uh, well worth the time. But he tells this story in here that I want to tell you guys um, today. And so uh, there was this guy, Tony Campolo, he was in Hawaii, um, and he was in a diner at 3.30 in the morning uh, because he could not sleep because he had jet lag. And so here he is, he, he has jet lag, he's there alone in the diner, it's the diner owner, all right, and it's his wife who does the cooking, and he's just sitting there having a cup of coffee. And, and what we see is, in the next moments, we see a group of prostitutes come in, and they kind of sit around Tony. And Tony's a Christ follower, and, and they're, they're, they're pretty loud, and, and you guys can imagine what that conversation might have been like. And, and so, uh, so he's sitting there, and he thought, well, I probably need to take off. But then he overhears part of this conversation that one of the prostitutes, whose name is Agnes, is going to have her 39th birthday, to which another prostitute says, what do you want? Like, do you want us to sing to you, or do you want a party? And uh, she goes, well, I've never actually had a cake or a party. And so Tony gets this idea. He says, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to change that. Agnes is going to have a party. So, so he leans over to the diner owner, and he says, hey, do they come in here every night? Yeah, they do. They actually do. He goes, do you want to, like, get in on something with me? And the guy's like, well, what are you talking about? He said, let's throw a birthday party for Agnes, one of these prostitutes. And the guy was like, okay. He's like, I'll bake the cake, and yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And so word must have gotten out because the next night, morning, uh, when he came in, the place was packed full of prostitutes because they must have heard about this birthday party, this surprise party. And then a little bit later, Agnes walks in and the crowd goes bananas. And they're like, happy birthday, happy birthday. Da, da, da. They start singing happy birthday to her and she starts to weep. And so she's shocked. She goes over to the cake. She's just looking at it. She's taking it all in, and, and she says to the diner owner, she goes, I don't want to eat it right now. Like, can I, can I actually just take it home? And so she takes it home, right? And so there's this awkwardness in the room because the person that we're throwing the party for just left with the cake. And so Tony is sitting there, and he's like, okay. I, he says, I didn't know what else to do, so I just started praying, and I said, hey, do you, wanna, do you guys want to pray with me? And then so he prayed with this group of prostitutes, and he prayed uh, for Agnes's well-being and for that she would have a great birthday and that also that, that uh, she would be saved or come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and after he got done praying, he says amen. And, and, and the diner owner kind of aggressively like, is like, dude, you didn't tell me you were a pastor. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I am. And he goes, well, what church do you belong to? 
And Tony says in this moment, it just, these are his words that came to him. It says, I belong to a church that throws birthday parties. Sorry. I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for whores at 3.30 in the morning. And the diner owner said, no, you don't. Because if there was a church like that, I would join it. Pray with me. Father God, may you open our eyes to see you. Our ears to hear you, our minds to know you, and our hearts to receive you. Holy Spirit, may you empower us to see people as bearers of your image. May the good news of your kingdom form us to be more like you, Jesus, in both our words and our actions. And I pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's just one of the stories out of the book. You can see why it punches you in the face. And, um, and so um, we've been covering this series. And if, you, if you're just joining us today, um, just go back and listen to them if you want to. And if you don't, that's fine as well. All right. But it's called Slow Kingdom Coming. And we're going to talk about this today because here, here's what the series is an invitation to join around the teachings of Jesus. And we're going to be going through Matthew chapter 5 through 7, which is called the Sermon on the Mount. And so we've been going up to this point. I've had actually three introductions so far. Now we're going to actually dive into the Beatitudes, but we're not going to cover all of it today. Okay, because there's going to be two parts to that. And you're thinking, how long is this series going to go? And I'm thinking, I don't know. All right, it's going to go for a while. If, if it would make you feel better, we can change the series title, but we're still going to talk about the same stuff. So maybe you can pay attention then. But it's, but it's really good. No, one of my pastor friends told me that. He's like, these series, his congregation's like, these series are too long. And I was like, isn't that funny how we like, if we switch the graphic in the title, but we kept talking about the same thing, it wouldn't even matter. So all I'm saying to you is hang in. When I say slow kingdom coming, this is gonna be a series that is really long, all right? So hang in there. Um, but, but man, Jesus invites us on this, this life of change, transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're gonna talk about. And we've, been, we've covered this so far. Here's what we looked at. Jesus as humble king. We've looked at Jesus, the supreme above all else, the word through which all things were created. We've talked about kingdom. We've talked about kingdom of God, lowercase k, kingdom, and then uppercase, kingdom of God. And then we've talked about who's invited into the kingdom of God, what is heaven, and we've talked about the nearness of God. And so today what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read some scripture to you. And it comes from out of Matthew. And, and it reads like this, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. If you have a Bible, you can open to that. Um, but, but take this in. It says this, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, so this is Jesus in verse 3 begins to speak. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, 
for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people revel, uh, revile you and persecute you and utter all things, all kinds of evils against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Is anybody, is that a lot to take in? Is anybody with me on that? That's a lot to take in. And, and I think how we take it in actually matters. You know, I'm going to ask three questions today. And I can, let me just, let me give you a forewarning. There, I'm not an, I'm not an expert, okay, on this. I've been studying it like crazy. But what I want to tell you today is, is that we, Jesus is actually here to meet with us today. And so I want to ask three questions, and we're going to just, the first one is this, what is a beatitude? I think that's a great place to start. How many of you thinking, okay, yeah, I might have heard that before, the beatitudes, all right? But you're thinking, what is it, all right? Good question. But before we answer that question, I want, to, I, want to, I want us to back up just a bit. Before the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, in chapter 4, what we see is Jesus ministering to people. All right, this is hands, uh, boots on the ground, hands-on ministry happening. All right, Jesus did this thing, and way before it was a, a game, he did this thing called show and tell. All right, he did this thing called proclamation and demonstration. All right, so he proclaimed the goodness, the good news of the kingdom of God, and then he demonstrated it. He actually met people exactly where they were. He, he met felt needs. People were sick, he healed them, all right? People were lame, he, he gave them healing. And so I, I believe this, when we show people that we care, all right, when we can meet people's felt needs, I believe this, you have a captive audience, all right? How much do you think when Jesus, you know, decided, okay, I'm gonna heal this person, this person's gonna be healed, okay, you're coming to me, do you think they paid a little more attention? I think they did. I think they were captivated by it, all right? Not only that, they, they saw the way that he lived. So in chapter four, we see this coming. He's ministering to the people that are around him. He's ministering. He's not saying, oh, you wanna be healed? Okay, but you need to go change clothes real quick. You need to get cleaned up. I cannot, okay? I cannot pray for you in your condition. He met them right where they were in the middle of their lives. And so what is a beatitude? Beatitude means this, as defined, is supreme blessedness. All right? Supreme blessedness, exalted happiness. Actually, the Greek term used here um, refers to the highest type of well-being possible for human beings. That's what Jesus is talking about in these, in these beatitudes, okay? The highest type of well-being possible for human beings. Here's what I want to tell you that the beatitudes are not, so we can get some relief here. 
The Beatitudes are not a list of qualifiers or a to-do list. Now, if you're like me, we love that because if I have a list, then I can just check off, okay, yes, I am. I would like to say that I, I am humble in spirit. I'm going to mourn right now, meek, working on that, um, hungry, thirsty, okay, and I can check these off, okay? But it's not a list of to-dos, all right? Even though we would love that, what do we, what do we get if we turn it into a list of to-dos, we get just another form of legalism, right? I've checked all the boxes, and boom. So even if we were relieved if it was a list, I'm trying to tell you it's not. It's not a list of to-dos. It's not a list of, of things that we have to do. Dallas Willard said it so great because he paraphrases it, and he says this, "'Blessed are the spiritual zeros.'" the spiritually bankrupt, deprived, and deficient, the spiritual beggars, those without a wisp of, quote, religion, when the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the heavens comes upon them. Blessed are the spiritual zeros. Man, now that is uh, serious. Now, I want to say this about that. Until we understand that we, on our own doing, do not and cannot achieve what Christ did on the cross and through the resurrection, we cannot, without the power of the Holy Spirit, be transformed. We can't. His blessing, the highest form of well-being, is intended for all, not just the few that look good, or at least they look, quote, good, and they qualify on the outside. They pass our litmus test. Rather, blessedness happens, listen to this, in spite of us and in spite of whoever them in your mind is and in the middle of our life's situations. That's what blessedness is that Jesus meets us here in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our mess sometimes is what it feels like. That is true blessedness. And so it is because of Jesus that we're blessed. So what is a beatitude? Did anybody get that? What does it mean? Supreme what? Supreme blessedness, yes, okay? I'm getting a new license plate. It doesn't just say blessed. It says supreme blessedness. It's this long. <laughs> I'm just All right, okay? Who is it for? It's for everyone. Now, a couple passages here that we want to reflect on real quick are by Paul. And Paul in Galatians 3, 28 and 29 says this, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there's no longer male or and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. In Colossians, he says this, chapter 3, verses 5 through 11, Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, um, impurity, passion, evil desires, and greed. This is called sin. Not a popular word, but it's what it is. 
Anything that goes against or misses the mark or goes against God is sin. So we have to realize that, and he's calling us to put it to death. And in verse 6, it continues, On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. There are the ways, these are the ways that... Uh, ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, therefore, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, that is, you read those passages, you think, okay, oh, that is awesome. But I, I want to throw this out here as a side note. When he talks about the Scythians, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, Scythian, all right. Dude, he, he included those people because he says barbarians and then he specifically says those people, right? And so you can substitute it with whoever you think is the most savage, but these people are absolute barbarians, aliens, they're uncouth, uh, they were savage. They were the worst of the worst. And here's what he says, in the renewal, there will no longer be Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but in Christ, but Christ is all and in all. Now, I want us to get this picture because I think it's so important. This, this stuff is so for today that we cannot just say, well, that was written by Paul back then. The Beatitudes were said by Jesus on the sermon. It was cute, but it isn't for us to, it's for us today. See, when, when Jesus reads these blessed are those statements, he's not just saying, hey, it's for everyone. The kingdom of God, the availability of the kingdom of God is for every person. So when Paul says this, all he's doing is he's, he's, he's echoing what Jesus said. And he's saying, think about the worst of the worst. Those people are invited into the kingdom of God. Those people are blessed. Now, we have a hard time with this because, oh, hold up now a second. I mean, I can love my neighbor as long as I like him, right? When we think about it, though, what is God, what is Jesus calling us to? The good news is for Everyone, and I believe what he's saying here, Paul is saying in those two passages is this. Does it mean that when you're in Christ, that you're, if you're a man, you're no longer a man? Does it mean that when I'm in Christ, I'm no longer an American? It doesn't mean, he's not saying that at all. He's saying this, before everything else, you are in Christ. The foundation of who you are and who you are becoming is found in Christ. I'm not, oh, well, I'm American, I'm a male, um, I, 
identify with this party, and then there's Jesus. I am in Christ. That's the bottom line. And, and a lot of what we, we go through, I believe as the church, we could not go through if we would first identify with Christ. How much better would we love people if our first identification was found in Christ? How much better would we love ourselves if our first identification was found in Christ? So, our ID, our identity is found in Christ. It has to be rooted in Christ. Uh, this is where the true blessedness begins, honestly. Like, you want to say, I'm blessed? This is it. I'm blessed because I have got something that I just don't deserve. And I bring these scriptures into focus because they are not just for back then. They are for now. They're for people just like you and just like us. How many spiritual zeros do you know? Does anybody know a spiritual zero in here? I look at one in the mirror. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, without Jesus, what am I? Without Christ, what are you? Christ is everything. He is the connecting one. He is, he is the, the bridge, if you will. Which brings us to our final question. Why does Jesus matter? We have to ask this question. Why does Jesus matter? When we read through these Beatitudes... If I take Jesus out of the picture and I just say, well, I'm poor in spirit, I recognize that. Okay, so the kingdom, of, I, I mourn. Okay, so I'm meek. I thirst for righteousness. Then it just becomes a checklist. Like Jesus doesn't even have to be in the picture. But Jesus is the connection. He's the connection to our life in the kingdom. If we take Jesus out of the picture, what do we have? We have a list. We try our best to fulfill the list, or at least some of them, right? We can nail some of them. All of them is a big ask, though. Like, that's like, I don't know if I can do all of that. But then we think, oh, well, we're good to go then. You know, we take Jesus out of the picture. I can do this. Here's what I want to say. You don't have to put the scripture back up there, but, but when, when uh, Paul in, Col in Colossians says, put to death, do you think he's actually saying for you to put to death? You're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can transform you. If we try to do it on our own, by our own will, I'm going to change by my own will, that's called will worship. We're not going to worship our own. We're going to say, come transform me. God, help me to put to death the things that, that keep me from you. Help me to get rid of the things such as anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language uh, from your mouth. Help me to get it out of me. 
by the power of your Holy Spirit, help me to do that. As I lean into the reality of who you are, help me to become more like you. I got to tell you guys something, a little story happened yesterday. I was out playing pickleball. It's a thing. If you don't know what it is, I invite you to come play with me. Okay, uh, I'm getting better, all right? I'm getting better. I've been playing for about, I don't know, a m- let's go with a month now. Uh, and I, you know, I've gotten to the point, I used to be a psycho, okay, on games. Like, I'd be playing golf, and, and I'd hit the ball 25 yards. I'd throw my club 50, you know? Um, sometimes joking, but sometimes I was really mad. Lost one in a tree one time, in a pine tree. I'm like, well, I'm not using that three iron anymore. Um, so I couldn't climb up and get it. It was embarrassing, okay? So I used to be crazy, but now I get it. Like, I get that it's a four-letter word. It's called game. It's a game. Like, at the end of the game, nothing is going to change in life. Like, I'm not, if I win, I don't walk away, like, better. I just walk away, and I had won that game. So yesterday, in that mindset, um, we're playing, and my dad's on my team. No, I'm sorry. No, my dad is on the opposing team, um, and he's playing with this guy who's super competitive, all right? And he's kind of getting, and my dad's learning, all right? He's coming along. He ain't going to be on the pickleball tour, but he's coming along, and so we're going, and he's making a couple bad shots here and there. And this guy's like, <laughs> okay, so me being transformed by Christ, am inside, I'm outside, I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay, all right. Inside, I'm like, say something else to my dad, and you're getting drop kicked. That's what's happening, okay? I'm jumping over the pickleball net. And I'm playing this out in my mind. You know, I don't know if you guys do that. You guys are probably thinking, this guy's really weird. All right. But, and, and so I'm there, and he keeps doing this. And I'm like, inside, I'm like, oh, man, this dude's like, he's too, he's too much. He's taking it too serious. And, and I'm thinking all these bad thoughts. And, and then uh, later on, I was like, that was really stupid. Like, that was so stupid. Like, because then the guy was on my team, and, and like, I changed my perspective and um because I was like this is part of being like Jesus like why was I so offended by what he was doing why well I mean he, he was messing around with your dad okay but why Like, think about that. For, and I, we, try, we can justify anything, right? We can justify any kind of anger that we might have, any kind of malice, any kind of rage. We can say, well, it was because, you know, they messed with my neighbor, so I, I just had to go off crazy on them. But, like, we still have to ask the question, why? And so I, I've been thinking about that since then. I've been thinking about, is it's just a game. And, and when I'm out there, what am I trying to be? Well, I want to be Jesus to everyone. Now, I never broke. I never said, hey, dude, why don't you chill out, bro? It's the Olympics. What are we doing? 
I'm not saying that was in my mind. It was, okay? And so, but I thought, that's not, it's not getting us anywhere. And what a horrible thing, because there was this other lady who I was playing with. She's got something going on with her sciatic nerve. She said it. My sciatic nerve is killing me. <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm a follower of Jesus. Can I pray with you? I didn't lead with the whole, hi, how are you? I'm a follower of Jesus. I just thought, hey, can I pray with you? Like, you got something going on. I believe that Jesus can heal you. Like, can I pray with you? Because I believe this. Even the guy that was bothering me is blessed. He's blessed. Because the kingdom of God is available to him. And am I going to be a carrier of that kingdom, or am I going to be so offended that I can't process? So I got to pray with this other lady. I didn't act like a jerk. All right? That's half the battle, guys, for me. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Same to you all. Don't be jerks. Like, actually love people. Oh, this guy, I bet you, this guy who's acting like this didn't have his cup of coffee this morning. He, did, he couldn't have. Whatever. I mean, seriously. But meeting people where they are. You know, well, if he would have acted a different way, then I felt like I could have had patience with him. No. That doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And so who is it for? It's for everybody. Why does Jesus matter? Because without Jesus, we just have a list. And in that list, we have a new legalism and a new standard that we can hold people to. Well, Chuck wasn't really meek there, so... <laughs> I guess he's off the list, okay? Nick, oh, are you hungering and thirsty? I don't, I don't know. Okay. You know, like we could go around the room and nitpick people. Those were just two fake examples. But we could do that. I don't know what's going on in the heart of hearts in Chuck. In, in me? But I'm gonna judge somebody on that standard of me? When I could just say, well, actually, you know what? God, they are blessed because Jesus has made the kingdom of God available to them. Help me to be an agent of that. So Jesus is the essential portion of the equation. No Jesus, all we have is list. With Jesus, we have blessedness. And I'd like to say this, we're not blessed because we're poor in spirit, right? That's like, it's not like we should be running after like, oh, I need to be poor in spirit. Okay, let me, how do I do that? Some people have translated it just as you're poor. What? Okay, I gotta be poor. No, have you ever met people that aren't poor that are, that are following Jesus? That have come to the reality that, that, that God is good? So it's not like we're striving after this, oh, poor in spirit. Okay, I, I don't want to be able to, I don't want to recognize that God is good. No, all right? We're blessed because even in our condition of being poor in, in spirit, Christ's grace meets us where we are and pours out his goodness on us. That is blessedness. 
that he meets us exactly where we are, and in spite of where we are, he is gracious. So here's what I would say to you. Stop striving to achieve, to earn Christ's grace. Stop. By doing all the right things, stop striving to achieve as to earn Christ's grace. Start sitting and just receive Christ's grace. It's there. It's available to you. The kingdom of God is available to you because of what Jesus has done. Romans 3 says this, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And guess what? It's only Jesus who makes us right. He is the most important part, the essential part of the equation. So I want you to take away a couple things today. If you take away nothing else, take this away. One, you are blessed today. Blessed beyond measure today. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your financial situation. You are blessed today. Number two, you qualify for the kingdom of God. Not because anything you have done, but rather because of what Jesus has done. You qualify for the kingdom of God. Jesus loves you. He desires to meet you. He desires to be in relationship with you. And here's what it is. He's not saying, go home and get cleaned up first, and then I'll be then I'll know you. He's saying, I love you right where you are. Right in the midst of everything, I love you and I desire to be in relationship with you. Know this, that the kingdom of the heavens is available to you through Jesus Christ. That your true identity is grounded and found in Jesus. So when we say, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, we are blessed because of what Jesus has done and is doing in our lives right now. Stand with me. Father God, under... No qualification of what we done what we have done, you have paid the price, Jesus. Father, you sent your son, and Jesus, you gave your life. And you were resurrected on the third day. And holy and then you sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, to be our guide through life. And all this, not because we deserved it, because you love us. So I pray as we go forth from this room into our life's situations and, and in town and out of town and byways and highways, God, that, that we would know it is because of your ultimate grace that saves our lives that we are found in you. My prayer 
is that we would be a church that sees people as image bearers of God, that sees people as blessed, even in, if they're in these crazy situations that we don't understand, that we would look at people and know, wow, Jesus has invited them into the kingdom of God. And there's a reality and an identity in Jesus that they need. So God, help us to never look past someone for their condition, but help us to see the image of God in every person. God, help us to love you and help us to love our neighbor well. May we be a church that loves the unlovable, that stands with people who are hurting. May we be a church that loves you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, I want to leave you with this, an encouragement, if you will, is go out today, right? No matter where you are, you know, whether you feel like, man, I'm spiritually up here right now or I'm spiritually in the dump, be Jesus to the people around you. Be Jesus to the people around you. Receive from Jesus his wholeness. Receive from Jesus his life. And and let your identity be found in Christ. I just want to encourage you with this. If you feel like, I don't even know what that means. Can I encourage you with this? Blessed are the spiritual zeros. You're blessed because Jesus loves you. Be Jesus to the people around you. Let's be the church this week. Have a great week. Peace. Oh, I'm sorry. Awkward. But if you need prayer, there's going to be people up here. I encourage you to come get prayer from those people. See you.